Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And a very warm welcome indeed to tonight's episode of Gorilla Shear. We have a double dose of delight for you tonight. Later on, uh, we will be joined by um, a gorilla, a Somerset fan, and a lady who's become the voice and face of the values of county cricket uh, through uh, the, the powerhouse indeed behind uh, hashtag oppose the hundred, none other than Annie Chave. But first, and new to the show, it's a very warm welcome to Steve Ginman. Uh, Steve is Maidenhead born and bred. Uh, he's actually the PA announcer and a board member of Maidenhead Football Club uh, and was indeed once uh, a BBC's fan of the week. However, tonight he is not talking about football, you will be glad to hear. He is representing his first love, the home of the three graces, not the daughters of Zeus, immortalised by Botticelli, Raphael and Rubens amongst others. But of course, W G E M and G F Grace, 
the wonderful county of Gloucestershire. Steve, a very, very warm welcome. Thank you, Tony. Good evening. Good evening to you. Now, um, it's quite a long way from Maidenhead to Gloucester. <laughs> so how come um, you're born and bred in, in Maidenhead and yet yep, you, yep. You, you cut you and you bleed Gloucester? Tell us yeah, a little bit so about that. So Maidenhead, uh, a minor, uh, Maidenhead, Berkshire, a minor county. So obviously the uh, likes of the bright lights of Middlesex and Surrey are blinking at me. But I preferred the uh, bucolic atmosphere of uh, Gloucestershire. My dad was born in Gloucester. His uh, cricketing hero was uh, Tom Graveney. And then during the 80s, when I was getting into cricket, I took a shine to the likes of Jack Russell and David Lawrence. And Gloucestershire had a very good team at the time. And I've enjoyed it ever since. I think Cheltenham Festival is probably the best day out in cricket anywhere in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And so I've loved supporting the county. As I say, they remain my first love. And you're a regular visitor to Bristol? Uh, not so much Bristol, but certainly uh, Cheltenham uh, at least once a year if I can. And then as many of the outgrounds, certainly looking wherever Gloucestershire play in the southeast, I, I try to get to see them play. Well, then uh, a genuine a genuine supporter of the county and indeed of county cricket. So um, your mission, which you have uh, kindly accepted, is to uh, cast your mind back over, well, was it uh, since 1870, the foundation of Gloucestershire, if I remember rightly? That's right, yeah. Uh, and wasn't it W.G. Grace's father who uh, was the man who, behind the actual establishing of, 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 of the yeah. current county club as we yeah, know so it? Yeah, so the Grace family, I mean, it's going to be writ large in what we're going to be talking about later, and, and probably W.G. Uh, Grace, the original sporting icon, but of course, as you say, just one member of a great cricketing family um, rooted in Gloucestershire. I'd be very surprised if they don't feature somewhere in your selection, or at least one of them. Mm. We shall find out. Um, anyway, your mission that you've decided to accept is to look back over the entire history since that uh, 1870. Um, three times champion county, but never county yeah, champion, sadly. That's my, a... my, uh, your, your gorilla, and my friend <laughs> Ian Pierce, will dispute this. He says oh, we've never you... won it, but if you pick up the right copy of Wisden or Playfair, you'd see we've won you'd it see several the count, times. The count yeah. Three times, if you, if you yeah. look at uh, and shared champion county. I know golden, <laughs> golden days. Did you yes. have golden days for one-day cricket? Uh, the the uh, one-day kings, the uh, yes. 1999, 73, 2000, 99, yeah. 2000, 2003, 2004, uh, the Gillette and... Uh, C&G Trophy and the, and the NatWest. B&H finalists, I think, three times. Yep. Um, 2020 Cup semi-finalists 2007, the year before mm-hmm. Middlesex won it. Uh, 2007, rather. Um, but never never, um, never actually hauled in the trophy on, on that one. No, made the final once, but just couldn't get over the line. That's the only one missing from the, from the cabinet. And uh, promoted this year. You, you feeling optimistic? Year. Yeah, well, so, well this... Um, Obviously promoted having a weakened team with uh, Norwell um, and, and Miles going off to uh, to Warwickshire, but we didn't miss him. The fantastic Ryan Higgins, uh, the likes of young talent of Bracey, who may feature in this eleven if we broadcast it in twenty years' time. Who oh, knows? Okay. <laughs> Great hopes for the future. Oh, I'd, I'd like, if I'm still here in twenty years' time, <laughs> I'd love to be doing it. Yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I always think you know. I, I look at the players that have travelled um, from uh, Northwest Eight down to uh, Gloucestershire and there's uh, there's that one name you've already mm. mentioned Ryan Higgins you've got George Scott now mm-hmm. of course uh, and Tom Smith you've just given a new contract to I believe yeah a new found uh, role as a sort of a, of a real digging digging middle order type batsman who was number 11 spin <laughs> bowler and then he's <laughs> yeah. found this new role in it was part of his, his sort of really gritty approach is it a sort of Jack Leach role is he, that's is he, right yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah the, the yeah, night watchman yeah. anyway your mission as we said you're going to look back over that history you are going to select the ultimate England team from 
the entire county's history and a rich one it is when I think of the likes of Wally Hammond and not to mention yep. the, uh, the the Grace Brothers um, Tom Graveney of course um, and you're going to pick the team that's going to take on yep. the modern Australians let's just jingle up a little thought for that Well, let's start at the top of the order then, and um, talk us through your openers. So, well, there's only one way to start at the top of the order, and that is with the man who was known in the Gloucestershire dress room as the governor, Charlie Barnett. Cheltenham-born, interesting path. He started as an amateur and became professional. As a result, he was seen as a little bit stuck up. Um, not without uh, due cause. Uh, when he went to toured Australia in 1937 with England, he shared a cabin with Hedley Verity, and they spent the uh, voyage reading seven pillars of wisdom to each other. Day so, it's so a man of man of culture as well as great cricket. He was um, an attacking batsman. He started off in the middle order, and then following the retirement of the wonderfully named Alf Dipper, who would have loved to have got in the team, but he only played one test. Uh, Barnett transformed his career, forced to develop a defence to accompany uh, his attacking style, which repeated the drive and a scorching cut. And he went on to make fifteen hundred runs in all but two seasons in his career. Uh, to the extent that, uh, that uh, with Hutton, alongside Hutton, he was seen as succeeding the mighty Hobbs and Sutcliffe. Wow. So what what era are we talking here? We're so we're talking about the 1930s. So right. he broke into the England team in uh, 33. And uh, he um, had his greatest success on the Ashes Tour of 36, 37. Uh, of course, infamously, when England squandered a 2-0 lead to uh, Bradman's Australia. Oh, yeah. Um, but he was the highest scorer, uh, averaged 43.8. And then the following, or the, the 18 months later, the 1938 Ashes, he was going great guns, averaging 43. He became, or he still is, the only, or he's come closest to getting a 100 on the first morning at Trent Bridge. He got to 99. He got to 100 the first ball after lunch. Uh, but after two test matches, he was inexplicably dropped. Um, and um, he, he, he did come back. He came back one more. But um, really, it was, uh, it was a bit surprising that he, he, he fell out of favour. Um, but uh, a great uh, test cricket, a great Gloucestershire uh, batsman, um, and also did very well against the Aussies, th- an average of 39, including both his test centuries. That's not bad at all. Something like 21,000 runs, I think, for yeah, Gloucestershire. So real, real real yeah, he was right in there. Uh, left-hander or right-hander? Uh, he's a right-hander. So he's a right-hander. Mm-hmm. And um, who have you got opening with him? And alongside him, a left-hander uh, is Chris Broad. Ooh. Yeah, a bit of a, I knew he allowed wild cards. Not really a wild card, though. He's a Bristolian, started his career at Gloucestershire, had five seasons there, um, but decided he wasn't going to get picked for England uh, at Gloucestershire. So he moved to Not- Nottinghamshire, and lo and behold, he went straight into the England team. And I've um, got fond memories of, of the 80s. I always conjure up the, uh, that's a Sports 9 theme tune when I see Chris Broad, 86, 87, Gatting's Ashes, Equaled Hobson Hammond's record of 300s in a series. And then even got a fourth one a year later when they went back for the bicentennial test. Although that did unfortunately signal the end of his career really because he decided to smash the stumps mm. after, he, after he was given out. And following some uh, controversy in that most controversial of tours to Pakistan, he uh, faded from the scene pretty much so after did, that. Did he represent England at all whilst playing for Gloucestershire? No, and he actually he returned to Gloucestershire after his England career finished. <laughs> 
He's kind of bookended his career, yeah, so his, his international yeah. career yeah. at Gloucestershire. Yeah, so Gloucestershire chained, um, I mean, obviously uh, fantastic. Eight tests against Australia, averaged 59. That's not bad, uh, is and it? And you've got your right hand, left hand uh, a combination at the top of the order. Well, you are indeed allowed a wild card. You've uh, exercised that right early doors, <laughs> and um, that's absolutely fine. So um, before we move on to uh, numbers three, four, etc., um, be interesting to look at like, one of the specialist roles. Uh, you're going to have a bit of an all-star team, mm-hmm. the greatest uh, that's ever walked out at uh, Bristol and other and other grounds of the yep. county. Um, who's going to captain them, and why have you picked him as captain? Well, we've already heard about two, uh, so we say, fiery characters. Um, there's a lot more in this team, so the only role, or the only candidate for captain is the bar- biggest character of the lot. That's W. G. Grace. Um, Obviously, the first cricket superstar. I mean, the word iconic is uh, cheaply used these days, but he is truly iconic. You know, even people with the the uh, the faintest knowledge of cricket will will recognise his beard and his cap. I mean, the the the, the stats just drop off him. Uh, Fifty four thousand first class runs, so fifth of all time. Um, and also, don't forget, he was playing on pitches that were far from batsman friendly. So he was described as he blocked the shooters mm-hmm. to the boundary. <laughs> um, scored the first ever uh, triple century you know first man 10 20 30 40 50,000 runs um, play uh, um, it scored 224 not out for England against Surrey aged 18 um, multi-talented sportsman uh, want left half left that match where he scored 200 to win a quarter mile hurdles championship at Crystal Palace oh, he, yeah. he was a bit of an all it was yeah, a sporting was, he was runner literally an all let's not forget yeah. he could bowl a bit as well or at least yeah. he, he'd have you believe that a wily bowler is that true yep yep so certainly and not so much for England um, but uh, he certainly if you look to his um, his career he certainly he got 245 wicket holes he took all 10 wickets in, in a match once um Actually, actually he, I'm doing him down. He's he's the tenth on the all-time list of wicket takers in first-class cricket with 2,809. So that's that's not bad, is it? Pretty no, tidy. Yeah. Um, he was the well, the world's uh, highest wicket taker till 1912, and uh, Middle Saxon Hearn took a, took took the record from him. Um, JT. JT. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Um, obviously, no to me, he was the best paid amateur in the history of the game, of course. Um, Never became professional, did he, or did he? Didn't, he no, I suppose he couldn't afford to turn professional. Because that was in the yeah. days when um, they, everyone dressed in even in separate dressing rooms. That's so right. The amateurs would yeah, be one, one yeah. place in yeah. the pavilion and the professionals. Yeah. And it's actually the amateurs who were kind of the kings in the game and the professionals were somewhat looked down on, weren't they? In a, yeah. Of what is obviously a very different era. Yeah, and although in, in the uh, the Ashes 2 of 91-92, he managed to... Um, Soak up twenty percent of the total expenses of the whole tour <laughs> for, on, on his personal expenses, so he, he knew how to live well. I think that's beard lotion. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. How do you think a man like WG? I mean, who, who who he is an icon of the game. You know, you walk through Lords, you walk through the Grace Gates, I believe, and at Bristol there is a yeah a Gates or certainly yeah. a, um, a plaque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- yeah. You know, commemorating him. He, he's such a giant of the game, and mm. everyone, as you rightly say can sort of in their head see those sort of slightly grainy black and white images of where everyone seems to be walking too fast yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. swatting the, the, the ball around would he adapt would he adapt today would he be able to would he be, would he be able to say go out and make quick runs in t20 or would he expect everyone just to slow the game down to do what he he wanted to do i, I think so i mean i think when i was considering most of my players fall into this category i think they would fit right into this current 
um, England team of the mm. of attacking cricket. Um, they're well known for their certainly the batsmen and their attacking shots. Um, and they, I did actually think, well, this could be a you could use this team as T Twenty. 50 over test match I did consider his only rival for the captain if he went limited overs I mm. would go for Mark Elaine because of his great he played England one day international he did course. Um, and of course he's the opposite character for Grace very humble character mm. and I think he would have done the opposite he would have absorbed all these great characters in the team and, and kept kept a lid on them so I think but th- certainly Grace he would be made for T20 cricket I think and what um what number are you going to bat WG I would bat him at five I would he's require him for his, for his bowling although of course it I, I, he would probably choose to bat number one, um, knowing knowing Mr. Grace. But uh, I, I'm I'm putting him down at five because I can't put him above the two batsmen, who middle order batsmen above him. Well, there's the famous story. I don't know if it's apocryphal or not. When he was bowled out in one game and uh, refused to walk, said they've come to watch me bat, not watch you bowl to the That's poor right. unfortunate uh, bowler of the time. Yeah. Um, and do you have any other? Grace family members in the team or they didn't it? quite make the 11 there are, there are two others notable well, well the first uh, retrospectively the first test match in, in England in uh, 1880 three Graces made the mm-hmm. starting 11 uh, Dr. W.G. Grace his brother Ted the coroner and uh, dear old Fred who sadly has poor the uh, old Fred, poor, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the well the least wanted record in uh, cricket history he used the first <laughs> test record to die Died just two he weeks. Was or just a it was eighteen? Of wasn't it eighteen eighty yeah. at the Oval? Yeah, I think somehow it was. It was a one-off game, wasn't it? Yeah. against yeah. Australia, and yeah. it was sort of retrospectively granted Test status. WG, mm-hmm. uh, EM, and George Frederick, or yeah. he was known as Fred Grace, Fred, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. They all played. Poor old Fred, from mm-hmm. my memory. Well, my memory, I wasn't there, I have to say, <laughs> even though I'm old. Uh, but from what I read, poor old Freddie faced four balls. Bagged himself a pair, yep. didn't take a wicket, yep. and sadly caught the cold that killed him probably 10 days later. Yeah, yep. um, so absolutely tragic. Um, yeah, um, as for as for Ted, uh, the coroner, uh, primarily a batsman, superb point and lob bowler. And in some ways, his statistics suggest he's a bit older than WG, that had he been a bit more into the first class area, he certainly could have come you into the point team. point as in the fielding position. Point as in the fielding position, and then yeah. A lob bowler. A lob bowler, which would be an interesting... Plenty of air. Yeah, you talked about how they was fair today, but interesting, a lob bowler in, in today's... Uh, again, maybe T20, I'm not sure what a, yeah. a lob bowler is. I still face them occasionally on a Sunday on, oh, the, on the village green. So, so it's yeah. standard bowling <laughs> yeah. action, but they just yeah. take an age to sort of go up That's in the air right. and come back down again, do Above they? the eye line and... Uh, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so you have WG. Yeah. The, the 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 man himself, beard and all, he is there. He's going to be batting at five. He's going to be captaining. You have a right-hander and left-hander in terms mm-hmm. of Charlie Barnett and uh, coming a rather more up-to-date uh, with uh, Chris Broad. Mm-hmm. Um, who have you got at three? Um, number three, arguably the greatest English batsman of all time. <laughs> Could have even been the best all-rounder as well if had, had he uh, bowled himself more. Len Hutton said, when I saw him bat, I felt sorry for the ball. <laughs> Wally Hammond. Yeah, I had a feeling that where you might be going. Yeah, tell um, us about Wally. Wally. So, um, well, just this is stats first of all. Remember, he's playing in the 1920s and 30s. Did play just about after the war. Um, over 7,000 Test runs at fif- averaging 58. Uh, highest uh, Test score 336. Didn't last very long because Mr. Hutton beat that. 2200s now that record did last a long time mm-hmm. Alistair Cook broke it uh, relatively recently also took 83 wickets in test cricket um, he was uh, described as having Olympian aloofness um, 
perhaps maybe shy, naturally gifted athlete, could have been a footballer for Bristol Rovers, um, and actually overcame quite a lot of obstacles. And did I think he play for Bristol Rovers? He did in, in the time because when he uh, he was born in Dover, and he moved to uh, Gloucestershire as, as a child, was educated in Gloucestershire, um, and uh, they realised quite early on he was a decent cricketer um, from about you know 1920. So as a mm. teenager. Uh, Lord Harris got wind of this, um, mm -hmm. the famous sort of uh, sort of patron of the game. And um, Lord Harris came from Kent, like Mr. Hammond. Mm -hmm. So he decided he was going to apply the qualification rules very strictly. So he actually delayed his entry into the game. Um, so he came over that. And then he had a fantastic early start to cricket. Went on the West Indies, went to Indies 2 of 1926, but came back very ill with a mysterious illness. Yeah. Missed the whole season. And a very interesting uh, biography um, by um, David Foote suggested, because he was fond of the ladies and this illness was in the groin area, this may have been um, one, um, so, what, yeah. what might be termed a sort of an, an antisocial uh, anti disease. Antisocial disease, it? yeah. Oh, it was never revealed. Okay. Um, and uh, his, his biographer did some research on this and found out that actually, because the um, prescribed medicine was mercury, it would affect his mood and actually maybe turn him into this person who was seen as a bit aloof, a bit a bit standoffish. Um, but, I mean, his, 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 his cricket was unbelievable. Defensively correct, attacking front foot player, favoured the drive with the perfect timing. 1928-29, he set a series record of 905 runs, which has only been broken once by Donald Bradman. Well, that's, yeah. that's no, that, extraordinary. Yeah. 33,000 plus runs, I think, as well for yeah. Gloucestershire. Oh, yeah, 50,000 50, 50, in total, seventh of all time. Um, they say he bowled at devastating pace when roused. So well, if you upset him... Now, unfortunately, you've used the word roused, having imparted oh, yeah. that previous bit of knowledge. Um, I'm not entirely sure that uh, anyone, yeah, anyone yeah. Would, would be safe. I, yeah. I didn't realise... I, I certainly knew of his cricketing exploits, but you've, mm. uh, so you've he, opened my eyes yeah. to a new side of Wally Hammond there. Caused a bit of scandal later on when he, he sort of divorced and, and as well. Um, brilliant slip fielder, though. He turned amateur in 1938 to become England captain. So he came under the wing of Pelham Warmer. Warner, um, and, and obviously the strictures of the time meant a professional could in no way captain England, but he so he went along with it, and again received a lot of criticism, perhaps unfairly, because well, what's he supposed to do if he wants to captain England? That's what he has to do. Um, and I think the the, the the key thing is the the sheer volume of runs, and even in 1946 after the war, uh, he was still topping the first class averages by a margin of 16 runs to the next next batsman. Extraordinary, um, yeah. and I suppose actually with the uh, if he'd have uh, been dabbling in uh, in the improper ways, yeah. um, whilst a member of WG side, at least he'd have a doctor there to sort of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, prescribe yeah, something yeah. a, a bit more, yes, a bit yeah. more effective than maybe uh, whatever it was, mercury. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, so you have um, um, probably well, it's, I mean, you, you have such a broad choice, I think, with, mm. with, with 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 Gloucestershire. But you know, if I just had to reel off the top of my head names I was thinking you might well have I, I said you can't have there can't be a sign mm. without Wally Hammond and yep. you haven't disappointed me although you've opened my eyes about some other things so we've got Charlie Barnett we've got Chris Brawl we've got Wally Hammond um, that should be stacked full of runs yep. Yep. Um, you batted first there's probably 250 on the board yep. at least um, second drop who's coming in well I'll introduce I'll allow Neville Cardus to introduce him <laughs> He said, if cricket were destroyed and only this batsman survived, cricket could be constructed from his way of batting, 
from his from his man himself. That's Tom Graveney. Right. Um, my my reference point for him is David Gower sort of from my my sort of lifetime, um, but absolutely sort of classic batsman. Alan Ross described him as a player of yacht-like character, beautiful in calm seas, yet at the mercy of every change of weather. So something <laughs> of a, a bit of fragility about him, but mm. still absolutely beautiful to watch. Um, long reach, high back lift, offside player, study in in elegance. Um, everybody talking about his artistry mm. as a batsman, and um, he played seventy nine tests as well. Um, he did. How did he go yeah. against Australia? Not too well. Mm. Um, he's he only averaged thirty one point six one against Australia, um, just the one hundred in the, um, the 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 miraculous fifty four five tour. Um, he didn't seem to get on too well with Hutton. Hutton sort of thought he was a bit too frivolous, you know, or maybe not trusted. Again, a bit like this England team today. Maybe he used to rein in the Stoke player, Stroke player a bit and, and, and dig in. Um, but he did, for example, he was Winston Cricket of the Year in 1953, played in all the tests in that, uh, again, that home series when we retain, we regained the Ashes. Um, so he did play a lot, lot uh, of cricket. And then he sort of had a hiatus when he walked out on Gloucestershire when they appointed an amateur as mm-hmm. captain in his place um, and, and went back to Worcestershire and then had sort of a second test career and again played against them uh, later on in, in uh, 68. Right-hander yeah. or left-hander, Tom? He's a right-hander. Yep. He's a right-hander. Wally Hammond was... Right-hander as well, so right-hander yeah, as was well. WG. You've got, so. your one, uh, you've got your one left-hander yeah. Uh, yeah. In, that, in Chris Broad. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we've got Charlie Barnett, Chris Broad, Wally Hammond, Tom Graveney. Tom Graveney, if you had to sort of find a more modern benchmark. Uh, are we thinking Gower, Peterson, more than we're thinking boycott? Very much In so, terms yeah. of approach? Yeah. He's, I think he's the sort of cricketer that people would pay money to watch. I mean, he was my dad's cricketing hero growing up, growing up in the 50s. Um, and that's, again, that's the link to, the link to Gloucestershire. My, my yep. dad too, actually. Yep. I remember one inherits an awful lot, I think, of uh, yep. absorbs, I suppose, cricket knowledge from... from, from but also in the in the eighties, he was a regular on the BBC, so he's a, he was that he sort was. of avuncular character. Yes, that you he sort was. Of, you enjoyed listening to his stories. Yeah, and, uh, I can yeah. picture him in my mind. Now you mention it, I can picture grey hair, blazer, kind of that that uh, period when it when they had sort of like the John Player League, which is yes, some of my yeah. formative years. Yeah, yeah. Not playing, but I think he, <laughs> at the time, I think he he along with yeah. like the likes of Jim Laker was yeah. part of the sort of commentary team. I can sort of recall as being a, a cricketing character and one one thing about him that he it, one sort of stat i think shows how much he was loved he was the first professional to be elected president of the mcc was he so that, i think that shows the respect in which he was held um that that, that, that they could uh elect a a, a a mere professional as president well yes and um well i think if you jump forward to uh, now and you look at batsmanship and beauty of batsmanship and capability the current incumbent um probably would sit rather nicely i think obviously from a a different country different backgrounds but in terms of 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 just joy to watch batting Mm -hmm. yeah um the thought of seeing Graveney potentially in the same side as kumar sangakara would be would be would be (laughs) would be something to savor would it not yeah um okay so uh you we we already know who your captain is uh it is of course wg um, I'm going to ask you now about another specialist position, mm-hmm. um, wicketkeeper. Yep. Uh, I can name a couple of names who I might expect. You might surprise me. 
Who have you got? I've got uh, Jack Russell. You haven't surprised me. No. no. <laughs> I, I, not that I wanted you to. <laughs> I'd have gone, oh, that's strange if you'd have said no, not Jack Russell. I, there was a wild card opportunity with Chris Reed. Oh, yes. Who who kind of was, he was a Devonian, of course, and Gloucestershire mm. was sort of on, 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 up on the M5. But of course, there was no way he could get past Russell. So he, d- he did play a couple of uh, first-class matches mm-hmm. before moving on to Nottinghamshire. But there is no nobody um, really who could rival Russell in this position. Um, one, one of my heroes, um, one of my favourite favorite cricketers. Again, someone I pay money to watch. I'm a big fan of the somewhat, some say, sort of much-neglected art of wicket-keeping. I think it's one of the most fantastic yeah. to watch a wicketkeeper again or stand up as he did against um, medium fast bowlers or spinners. I think it's just absolutely beautiful. But also, um, he was a great batsman for England against Australia. Scored his highest ever score, 128 not out back in 89. Average mm-hmm. 39 in that, well, of, of eminently forgettable series for, for England. Um, and of course, the one image of him is in South Africa with um, Mike Averton. You know, it's just... Bravely uh, batting for the draw um, <laughs> there, you know, ball after ball, leave, yeah. leave, block. Um, and so, you know, with someone with him, it's a bit like they said about Ken Barrington, isn't it? When he goes out to bat, you see the Union Jack flying. And mm-hmm. I think you could say the same about Jack Russell as well. Didn't he have a habit as well, which which is, I think, is is not exclusive to wicketkeepers because, you know, one thinks of, for example, David Warner. <laughs> but didn't he have a habit of needling the opposition particularly the australians mm. just in his demeanor didn't he wasn't he a bit of a chunterer to himself i mean he's he's an interesting sort of he's a quirky yeah. character and some of that quirkiness i think found its way onto the field in his wicket keeping in his Very batting much so, yeah so that first series the uh, the aussies they they thought they spotted a weak spot they thought he was frightened of fast bowling yeah. they thought they could get at him but he absolutely gave us big because he got just like his name, Jack Russell. He was absolutely an absolute terrier. Just whatever they said, he would give back in spades. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, apparently after he got that first entry, they never did it again. They just moved on to someone else because they realised they weren't going to to move him. Uh, absolutely. Now, if, if any anybody who uh, is listening to this, um, if you happen to follow Gloucestershire or your county happens to be playing Gloucestershire, uh, particularly at Outgrounds, I think, um, and you you may well very you may very well find around the boundary Jack Russell's tent in which he will be displaying his books and his artworks and I know from personal experience last season will be very happy to chat to you yep. you have to yep. show that you're interested in yeah. paintings or the books by the way um, you don't necessarily have to buy one but um, I would recommend that you do uh, he's a lovely character to chat to absolute passion shines through for the game but the talent in his his art his artistry is 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 interesting and somehow mm. retrospectively i think reflects a little bit the type of character he was there was that something different in his personality wasn't there yeah. that, that extra dimension somehow yeah absolutely that, that he made, he made, he made him special yeah yeah, yeah. And it manifested yeah. itself in different ways um so what number are you batting jack i've got him at number seven you have him at number seven so um we clearly need to think about who our number six is and so who have you got? Number six. I've got the uh, man billed as the most exciting cricketer of any era. The Croucher. Gilbert Jessup. Ah, okay. Uh, he, he he was a genuine all-rounder. Um, he's listed as right fast. No medium there. Um, although he'll have much in common with modern fast bowlers that he strained his back in his first test. 
<laughs> right. And um, so he didn't perhaps um, shine as much on the test uh, scene as he might have done. Um, but absolutely superb cover fielder. I think that's where he got the the Croucher name from. A thrilling batsman. Um, H.S. Alton said, No cricketer that has ever lived hit the ball so often, so fast, and with such a bewildering variety of strokes. I mean, this is a man... I mean, I suppose Ben Ben Stokes would be the, uh, the modern-day equivalent. Yeah, interesting thought. Powerful driver, fierce cutter and hooker, but who could also play delicate late cuts and glances, and most excitingly, could would often score at a rate of 100 runs per hour. He scored 14 centuries in an hour. The wow. next, the next best is Ian Botham with three. So, obviously, he's an Edwardian cricketer, you know, playing in that that first decade of the 20th century. And I just can't imagine how exciting it would have been to see him him on the cricket pitch. Uh, interesting enough, yeah, he didn't. Um, if I look at the sort of all-time wicket takers mm. for Gloucestershire specifically. Um, he doesn't make it into the top nine or ten, does he? No. You have the wonderfully named yep. Charlie Parker. Ch- yes. Um, not the famous jazz musician in this particular instance. But just as interesting. But, but he's... <laughs> well, maybe maybe we will or, or, yeah. or won't come up to him. But um, so you have uh, Gilbert Jessup. He's in there batting at six. You have him also... Is he your kind of main all-rounder? You've got uh, Jumbo G, got, of course, I've who can bowl a, a bit as well. Um, I've got a, a second all-rounder who... Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to in a minute. I mean, I think, and just I think just want to illustrate um, how good he was. He um, his his famous uh, match was against the Australians in 1902 in the Oval Test. The Ashes had been lost. Um, England were 48 for five, chasing 273. He then went on to score 104 out of the next 139 runs in 75 minutes. Put the ball on the roof of the pavilion, and another one was caught on the players' balcony. And when he was out, this was the uh, famous match that ended up with Hurston Rhodes at the crease, which uh, finishing the match in singles. I mean, <laughs> until the um, the Headingley Test of this year, I think this would the this would have been the innings that I would have most loved to have. Wow! Sort of watched. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Jack. Uh, Leach's famous one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the tickle round the corner, the single, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he'll dine out on that, I think, into old age. So you have um, Gilbert Jessup at six also a very a very capable all-rounder you have jack russell at seven uh we're getting down towards more likely perhaps eight nine ten jack so mm-hmm. you've got four to go yep um you've already got gilbert jessup in your bowling a- attack in fact you've got um wg, WG and uh, you said wally hammond as yep. well can, yep. can more than turn their arm mm-hmm. um so who do you have at eight so Gloucestershire have got a great tradition of spin bowlers, and I had a quite a choice of off-break bowlers, and I chose David Allen. Ah, oh, right. Um, sort of played t- uh, 39 tests in the 60s. Um, a Bristolian again. Um, unplayable on helpful wickets, which of course the uncovered ones at the time, but also mastered the art of bowling tightly on good wickets as well. Um, he played uh, 10 tests against Australia, taking 28 wickets. Also scored a half century with the bat so he, he, you know you can hold the bat as well um although f- most famously i think uh, certainly when i was a, a child watching it on great sporting moments he was the man who played out wes hall's final over at lords in 1963 with colin cowdery at the other end with his arm in plaster when oh, i oh believe all three results were possible or four results uh, a win for either side a, a draw and a tie <laughs> um so yeah so he, he, he he's a good good team player 
as well. It wasn't a match, presumably, where he'd introduced himself to the Australians by going, hello, I'm Colin. (laughs) (laughs) And then probably then got his arm broken, but uh, uh, I don't think so. Well, okay, so uh, David Allen. Allen? Allen, yeah. Allen, okay. Um, From the 60s, he is batting for you. He's at uh, eight, obviously. And uh, bowler as well. He, yeah, so he's, he's an off-break bowler. So off-break, yeah. so he yeah. bowls uh, some pretty tidy off-breaks. Yep. Uh, Coming then, onto your pace attack. Yeah, so the next one is a, another. All, it's an all-rounder. I mean, I may have been doing him an injustice backing him at number nine due to the, uh, the obviously the stats of the time. That's Billy Midwinter. Ah. Billy Midwinter, born in Gloucestershire, um, but he emigrated and actually made his test debut for Australia in 1877. Did he now? But for the purposes of our team... He uh, then came back to England and played for England. <laughs> he right. was the first sort of cricket commuter. He he, he ah. sort of he played twelve tests, eight for Australia, four for England, and they were nicely sort of bookended. Um, uh, described as among the best all-rounders of his, of his era, although that that's not perhaps reflected in his stats. But I think what kind of swayed me and how good he was is that when he first arrived in England with Australia. Australia had a tour match at Lords against Middlesex. Gloucestershire were at the Oval that day for a county match. Uh, WG was captain and he found himself a man short. So he assembled a snatch squad mm. comprising himself, Ted the coroner and Frizzy Bush. Right. Uh, they kidnapped the padded up midwinter from the dressing room, bundled him into a taxi and headed off to the Oval with the Aussies in hot pursuit. <laughs> They finally right. caught up with him at the Oval and, uh, as they say, a frank exchange of views took place. Right. And um, Midwinter ended up playing for Gloucestershire in that uh, in that county match. So, um, in my eyes, if he's good enough... When to he should have been playing for Australia? Against Middlesex, yeah. So if he's, I doubt it could have happened in a test match. That no, would have been rather no. ex- extraordinary. But then, of course, WG, having kidnapped him for Gloucestershire, he then he then switched allegiances to England for a and while. What so, year are we talking here? So he was so 1877-78, and then he came into the England team in the 1880s and then went back to Australia in the late 1880s. So he had 12 tests between 1877 and 87. So I think um, we're just ahead of Albert Trott. Yeah. Oh, yeah if Because yeah. I, I am... I've, when you said he obviously played for Australia and yep. for England, I yep. was trying to think who else has done yep. that. <laughs> yep. Albert Trott came immediately yep. into my mind of similar sure. era, but but not quite yeah. so far yeah. back in the in, yeah. in the case of Albert. Although again, an all rounder. Yeah, yeah. So uh, possibly he and Billy Midwinter may have mm-hmm. had uh, had that's something they would most definitely have in common. Um, tell us a little bit about his a bit more about his bowling. What so did, what did he throw down uh, right arm medium. So he's a nice contrast with with some of the other cricketers in the team. He did take um, twenty four wickets at twenty five, um, two hundred sixty nine test runs only at thirteen. Hence, I'd put him down at eight. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it just I just like to again, he just would add another dimension to the bowling attack, I believe. And WG would certainly want him in his team. So um, you've also got then if he's at eight, you've you've, you've you're batting quite deep. Yes, because yep. it sounds to me like he's a, he's he actually can, at nine. Actually. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, nine. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, you've yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because we had um, Jack Russell at seven, and we had David Allen at uh, eight, and uh, yes, you're right. We had uh, Billy Midwinter at nine, who can more than hold a bat. Yep. So um, ten and Jack. Well, they're two genuine rabbits. So, um, but of course, they wouldn't wouldn't have to bat with the lineup we've got here. Well, no. <laughs> um, number ten, one of my favourite cricketers of all time, David Lawrence. I was wondering if Sid might make it in there. 
again described as right fast not medium right fast um I remember I saw him play at Guildford once. Uh, Ian Gregg was batting for Surrey. Oh, yes. Um, from as far as I can see, the ball just seemed to hit Gregg in the pads and he collapsed and the physio had to come on and that sort yeah. of gave the idea of how, how quick he was when he got his radar right. Um, and it, quite sad, really. You know, he broke into the England team, never played against Australia. Um, only played the five tests, but he did take five wickets against the West Indians of 91. And then, of course, he went on the tour to New Zealand and um, had this horrific knee injury where his, oh, his, 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 horrible. his kneecap um, cracked or cracked and people said they could hear it from the boundary yeah. and there was those awful pictures on the news of him being carried off and the, the players trying to shield him from the press. It was uh, really, really sad. And did um, that sadly finish his career? He did attempt to come back a few years later but it didn't, it was, it was to no end. So um, so sad. But I think in terms of his promise, I mean, he still took 500, over 500 first-class wickets for Gloucestershire at 32. Um, 21 five-wicket innings, you know, so th this is someone that, you know, if it was one of those great ifs, he could have been a great England fast bowler. And um, perhaps, again, in modern times, if he'd have been looked after properly, um, yeah. he, 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 he could have, you know, we could have been talking. So you're kind of uh, picking yeah. him on potential, potential as, yeah. as yeah. well as, I mean, I remember him being... Quite a big bear yep, of a man yeah, as well. Yep, I mean, I can yep. imagine if he was thundering in yep. towards you, you know, not to the faint-hearted to be uh, yep. to be dealing with him. I wouldn't have thought. So Billy Midwinter, uh, David Sid Lawrence, genuine speed, pace, bounce, real aggression. Um, who else have you got? Who's so, who's who's your ultimate uh, number eleven? There? Number eleven. So this is a slow left-arm bowler. So complementing Allen's off breaks. And uh, one of the one of the cricketers I've loved finding out about, and that's Charlie Parker. Ah, we mentioned him earlier. Yes, yeah. such an interesting character. Born in Presbury, Gloucestershire. He only took he only got one cap. It was against Australia, but he took two for t two for thirty two in twenty eight overs in the one completing innings of the match. Wow! Nice twenty one, and never played for England again. That's very frugal. It <laughs> is, yeah, and that kind of uh, reflects his uh, his his um his career. Um, he is, you know. The third highest wicket taker of all time behind Rhodes and Freedom, Free, Freeman, sorry, with three thousand two, two hundred seventy-eight wickets at nineteen forty-six. Well, he took three thousand yep. one hundred seventy, I think, for Gloucestershire. He's, he's yep. top of the list of all Absolute, of all-time yeah. Gloucestershire yep. bowlers, isn't he? Yep. Six hat tricks, second on the all-time list to what? Doug Wright. He, he took two in a match against Middlesex. Did he, by yep. Jay? Yeah, yep. <laughs> he'd probably do um, that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, and I think to, to show how good he was, um, he was called up in 1930 to the Oval Test, but then sent him away. There was an ongoing kind of theme that he was seen as sort of a truculent, sort of bolshy, literally at the time, of course, with, mm -hmm. the, with the, um, and he never quite fitted in. So he went back to Bristol, where they, were, where they had the next game was against the Australians. Australia were chasing 118 to win. They were 59 for one. Parker then came on, took 754 to tie the match. Um, seven for fifty-four. Yep, that's no. Uh, he got shabby he got Bradman out in both innings, who never again played at Bristol. Did so, so I think that's the measure of the measure of Parker. Yeah, had he made runs? It wasn't he, a pair, presumably. No, 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 no. But uh, obviously they they didn't they didn't chase hundred eighty. So this so. is a man in the era of Don Bradman. Yep. who got Bradman twice. Yes, and yet didn't play that many games for England when so often England played Australia. Yep. Why was that then? What was the what was the real well, reason for that? Well, it goes back to um, Pelham Warner, 
Plum, right. who again he 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 likes Hammond. He didn't like Mr. Parker. And Mr. Parker... Not a jazz fan. No, really, he realised this. And um, midway through the 1920s, when, you know, he's, he's, this is someone who's taking 2,000, you know, sorry, 200 wickets every season. You know, he's regularly uh, taking wickets, all, all the best players. And he um, he bumped into uh, Plum in a lift at the Grand Hotel in Bristol. Right. He grabbed him by the lapels and gave him a piece of his mind. When asked to make way, he said... I'll never make, never in my life make way for that bugger. He's never once had a good word to say for me. This so-and-so has blocked my test career. I played once in 1921 and he made sure I never played again. Make way for him. Mr. Bloody Warner will go to bed when I finish with him. And and it's rumoured to have held onto his lapels for a full 30 seconds to so, really so give... How long vent, after you know. his playing career was this? Yeah, so it says he's head of selectors now. This is, oh. uh, yeah, oh. so mid... Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say because if he'd have done yeah. that earlier in his career, that probably would have, yeah, probably, <laughs> <Well, he, laughs> I would have definitely kiboshed it, really, wouldn't it? But yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. yeah. Uh, he, he alone ruined my chances, Parker said. So, I mean, wow. again, just uh, I think he, he it would have been really interesting to see up, him up against Bradman and all those other great Australian batsmen of the era. Goodness me! Well, 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 well. So, the all-time Gloucestershire team of Steve Jinman is. Uh, opening the batting, uh, we have a right-hand, left-hand combination, Charlie Barnett and uh, more up-to-date uh, Chris Broad. In fact, I notice a theme. You, yeah, you, you, you come up-to-date-ish, but not up-to-date, up-to-date with most of your selections. Sadly, you? yeah, there's <laughs> not, not a lot to choose from. <laughs> well, I think you've got some talent down there in yeah. Gloucestershire, and I, I'm, I'm going to be following them with great interest this coming season, even though, sadly... Not, uh, not with my team in the same division. Um, anyway, so you've got Charlie Barnett, you've got Chris Broad, you've got Wally Hammond, uh, a great of the game, not just of Gloucestershire. Uh, you have the elegant magnificence of and style of Tom Graveney batting at four. Your captain, probably. You, did you actually think to yourself, I can't name a all-time Gloucestershire England team without putting WG in? No, no, he, he, was, he, was, he was number one on was the Was he team. nailed on? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, nailed yeah, on. Yeah, okay, yeah, so he was yeah. nailed on to bat at five is uh, Captain WD. Have, um, uh, WG, I beg his pardon. William Gilbert. You have uh, Gilbert Jessup uh, batting at six, but also well able to turn his arm. David Allen at seven. Uh, oh, yeah, Jack Russell, beg your pardon, at seven. You had David Allen at eight. Billy Midwinter, right arm, uh, medium. Uh, and also a pretty capable batsman mm-hmm. at nine. You have David Sid Lawrence, a man who, bar that horrific injury, we think could have played more for England. And, um, well, now there's a thought. If you had Lawrence at, at one end and um, Joffre Archer at the other. Well, Devin Malcolm How at the time as well. Seven yeah. Malcolm, yeah. I didn't get his contact lenses in. And um, then you have Charlie Parker uh, batting uh, at 11 and... Uh, Presumably opening. So, which of those two would be your opening lineup? You've got uh, Warner and in your sights. Uh, well, who's who's going to take be, the new uh, ball? It would be uh, Sid at one end and uh, Jessup at the other. I'd wrap him in cotton wool, and make um. sure he's fit, and then uh, <laughs> we'll, okay, midwinter and Grace, and then and then Alan and Parker when the, when the ball got old. Yeah. Well, that is some time. If of course you are a Gloucestershire fan and you are listening to us please do feel free to um, send us uh, hashtag uh, Gorillashire and um, we would uh, like to know what you think 
of uh, this selection. It looks a pretty fearsome lineup to me. Um, you can uh, hear this podcast, of course, um, on all the main podcast providers. Um, certainly uh, iTunes, I think, and um, others. Uh, but for now, um, we are going to take that Gloucestershire side. Steve, fantastic. Um, you've done some amazing homework. Thank it's, you. It's I enjoyed it. Great. <laughs> I was about yeah, to say, yeah, yeah, once yeah. you start, it's very hard to stop yeah. doing it, isn't it? You kind of get stuck in. Um, optimistic for the coming season then for Gloucestershire? Oh, very much so. I think it's just it's going to be wonderful because you're in that, as you you mentioned earlier, the one day Kings era, 1999 mm. to 2004. And it was just lovely cocking a snooker that... All the big teams, you're thinking, well, I wouldn't pick any of those players in my team, and yet we were beating every single team in the in the in the country in whatever uh, yeah. competition. And I think it could be something similar this year, particularly looking down on Middlesex and Nottinghamshire in, <laughs> in the division below. Well, Nottinghamshire, yes, uh, interesting moves there. But for now, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Uh, coming up in the second part of the show um, will be a very interesting conversation with. Annie Chave, who will be discovering, uh, discussing all issues around the 100, uh, the uh, DCMS committee, uh, and her new online publication, County Matters. Um, but for now, we will take a short break and be back with you after this message. Steve, once again, thank you so much. Thank you. We need your money! Alternative cricket commentary. Bringing you laughs, bringing you jingles, bringing you joy. We are gorillas. We need your Patreon.com forward slash gorilla cricket. Well, earlier I promised we would have a chat with Annie Chave, who's becoming, I think, the uh, social media voice and conscience of the county game. Uh, certainly the powerhouse, as we said, behind the. Uh, Hashtag oppose the hundred, but she's been up to a lot more recently. Um, so, Annie, a warm welcome as ever. Hello, Tony. Lovely to speak to you. As ever, it is lovely to speak to you. Now, do you actually see yourself as a bit of a voice uh, and indeed face for the uh, the conscience of county cricket? A bit of one. I'm, I'm certainly not the voice, um, but I am one that wants to champion um, the county cricket scene. So, yes, I, I'm, I'm a little bit... Uh, I, I know that people um, come to me for to champion the cricket a little bit and, and county cricket and say, please speak for us. So, yes, a little bit, but so, only only a section. I, I, I'm only a, a part of it. There's there's many more. Maybe it's because I know you that, I, that it's always you I spot, even looming <laughs> over the shoulder of the various... Uh, ECB participants of the DCMS committee. Mm, yes, <laughs> there yes, you, I, there I, you were. I was quite prominent, wasn't I? <laughs> well, we're going to come on. We're going to come on, and 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 we are going to come on and uh, talk about that. Um, but how do you, um, how do you think it, you, you you have you have got yourself into this position of uh, mm. being a voice who seems to stand for, shall we say, the more traditional values uh, of. The, the longer format of the game, not for a second saying you're in any way against T20s or one days, uh, possibly are against the 100 because you're fairly open about that. But but yeah. you, 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 you have found your way into this position as a, as a mouthpiece for, for those who value the, the, let's say, the more traditional values of the game. 
Um, yep. Did that just sort of creep up on you, or did you, or did you think here's a case, here's here's a here's a mission I really feel so strongly about. I really want to get to behind it, and you kind of knew how you were going to do it. Oh no, absolutely not. I I just uh, I just um, completely honestly spoke about how I felt, and I think people recognise the passion in what I said uh, I'm always careful not to um, be rude or um, uh, you know offensive I, I, I will argue a point but I won't do it you know um, aggressively um, but I have lots to say about the county cricket that I love I absolutely love and maybe because I'm a woman um, you know, I it, it's a little bit more rare to have somebody like me talking about it. Yeah, well, we're going to come on and talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges that county cricket faces and and, and, and why you feel you need to do that. But um, mm. you uh, you have certainly been a very noticeable voice and presence for, let's say, hashtag oppose the hundred. Uh, yeah, but you. you 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 you've, you've you've kind of taken a bit of a slightly different more not a divergent direction but you've kind of looked now to create something that's very much about promoting the values of county cricket as opposed yeah. to bashing the uh, the new <laughs> format um, and it's called county matters so just tell us a little bit about that and um, what is it what's going to be in yeah. it where can i find it mm-hmm. what do i need to know <laughs> yeah well it, I mean, Oppose the 100 was um, started by James Butler, who's the cricket badger. Um, and we contacted each other on Twitter. We said, we're not happy about the 100. Um, what should we do? And and James got together a group of us. There's five of us. And we decided, for, the first thing we did was um, bring out the T-shirts just to say, hey, let's do a little bit of a protest about this. Then um, we decided to change tack a bit. Uh, there's no point continuing bashing. The hundred is going to happen. Um, there are, I can't see them, but there are positive points to um, uh, the hundred. Um, and we felt like, like instead of having just um, just just the bashing t- t-shirt protesting, we'd um, we'd say, hey, let let's talk about the beauty and the wonder that is um, county cricket. Uh, so we decided um, we'd bring out um, a magazine called County Cricket Matters. So when you say magazine, am, am I going to be able to pick it up off the newsagent shelf and carry <laughs> oh, God, it home yeah. under my arm, <laughs> or is it uh, is it going to be primarily online? Um, it's it's going through the um, Lancashire Action Group. Um, so there there is a it's lancsactiongroup.com shop. Um, so that's where it's being um, sold. It's going to be two pounds. So it is, um, it is sorry, Annie. It is a physical. It is a magazine. It's not just an online. Magazine. It's both yeah, online it, it's and real both. world format. You can just have it um, online, but it is um, a physical magazine as well. You can order it, um, and it will be sent to you. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's um, whichever you want, basically. Okay, and um, what's I mean? Clearly, it's going to be for and about county cricket specifically. But I think your inaugural issue is about to hit uh, the streets of. Yeah. Uh, 
of the cricketing world and therefore presumably the online world. What have you got lined up in the first issue and uh, then how do I go find it? Yeah, okay. Well, um, you can go to the Lancashire Action Group um, website to get it. It should be out at the end of this week, beginning of next week. We're kind of lining it up with the um, uh, issuing of the uh, county fixtures. Mm -hmm. So we're just sort of making it at that that point. what else did you ask me? What? Oh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know what's in it. Like, what am I going to be able yeah. to read about? <laughs> okay, um, this is um, the hundred ed- edition, basically. So it 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 is champion county cricket, but it is always having a slant on the hundred as well. So um, we've got about twelve um, articles in it, something like that, and uh, we've got one from Dan Whiting, who's Middle Stump on um, Twitter. Mm-hmm. who's written books. Uh, we've got Sir Fred Boycott, <laughs> uh, who's uh, written an article. We've got uh, Dr Dan Diaper, who's written a, a little poem. Cricketing on the radio. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, watching Cricket on the radio, isn't it, his the, book? It's uh, Watching Cricket on the radio, yeah. I think his book is, mm-hmm. which I've just um, purchased a copy. Um uh, we've also got a uh, well, fantastic article by me, of course, and um, we have my dad. Uh, we, he he has written a lovely um, piece about county cricket in uh, sort of his era. So that that's uh, that's a really amazing piece. Um, and then we've got one on the Western Storm. Uh, a uh, couple of others, um, something about the DCMS. Um, so, yeah, we've got, uh, but we do have quite a few things about the 100 in it. Uh, and there's also a, oh, there's a crossword puzzle. A crossword puzzle as well. <laughs> yes. Wow. It's uh, very traditional in some ways. Um, so, well, let's, you, you, you have mentioned the 100. So, so, basically, to find it online, I need to go to, would I Google Lanx Action Group, would I? Yeah, langsactiongroup.com hash, uh, slash shop, and then you can find it there. But it, it's not, uh, I will obviously make it uh, known when it's available, but it, it will be available um, towards the end of this week or next week. We're just doing the final bits at the moment. Fantastic. And I noticed recently you were in, um, ooh, what was your uh, your most recent... Oh uh, yeah, uh, Welch. Welch, Andy Welch. Yes. yes, what is that? Um, it's a very eloquent article, if I may say so. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, that he he's uh, that's his blog. He asked me to write something about why why we felt like we needed to do the hundred, and uh, that was what I did. So, yeah. Okay. Well, so we talked a little bit about. The hundred, and I, I, I think it's 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 sort of interesting. Um, who was it? Uh, Heraclitus of uh, Ephesus in the fifth century. He sort of, he was the philosopher <laughs> who first propounded the thought that uh, change is constant. Change is constant in the universe. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan rather updated that with uh, saying, "He not busy born is is busy dying." And I think you 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 hinted at it a little bit that you know. The, the the concern I believe that you have for, is the kind of the collateral damage that the solution that the ECB has come up with does, not so much the feeling that there isn't a need to do 
something. Mm. So if, and, and I know um, Mr. Harrison in the in the DCMS committee kind of said it was very, very difficult to have the objective of broadening the game to, to um, let's say, sort of you know, more m m neglected minority groups that the game doesn't currently reach that successfully is difficult. Mm. When you yeah. have the when you have the sort of the challenge that you you know you, 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 your major source of revenue comes from um, a satellite broadcaster who who is therefore giving you all the money but actually not reaching into those into those those audiences. So I think mm. the question I have for you is is if not the hundred. And if you, 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 you will, I guess the, the, the more important question is, do you feel that the, the game needs to do more to expand its reach, to bring people back to grassroots cricket, to get more people playing cricket? Because that is one of the issues. The numbers of people who actually play has gone down. Is the yeah. game, has the game been doing enough? And if not the 100, what should it do? Yeah, I mean, it absolutely needs to get more more um, minorities involved. I mean, there's so that it's it is difficult, as they as they said. I mean, I think the um, the ECB have brought in Lord Bradford, haven't they, to do that um, to to work with minority group. I think that's his uh, his main role mm -hmm. is to work um, trying to promote cricket to minorities is what that's what i i understand his role to be so um good on them for doing that and and fantastic and i hope it works um i know that uh, the ecb are also from from my from my going to the dcms um hearing i uh, um i know that they're trying to do a lot more um in uh schools for girls um, which which is great because um, of course uh, we've all been focused on what they're doing with the hundred and 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 there's many other things in their um, inspire you know whatever it's called their their inspiration for the next five years. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think they are trying to um, reach schools. They're trying to reach minorities. Um, but what they what I, I as far as I'm concerned, we we don't have a clue what the hundred who the hundred will meet meet yet. Um, what we don't know what we don't know is quite if they're going if they're going to meet um, women and children, whether they're going to meet um, Asian population. You know, it, it's all still so up in the air as to who they're going to go for. Uh, personally. Um, if we had uh if we if we're going to televise something i would have tried to split the t20 blast into two leagues and televise the top league um with promotion and relegation because i think that would be as as exciting and not as disruptive but um so i'm not quite sure what the 100 brings that that uh, the t20 blast doesn't bring in 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 that um, well, a lot's, been, a lot's been made, hasn't it, of the slightly shorter format, <laughs> making it packageable for mm. free-to-air TV, although I think there's only 10 games or so that are actually going to be on 
free There's to There's 10 air games TV, out yeah, of the 40, free to yeah, air. Yeah, or 39, yeah. So that, that seems mm. a slightly spurious argument, really, to think that, that, that yeah. you have to create the 100 to, to, to achieve that objective. Well, I guess that was that's the root of my question is, well, let's, let's take the DCMS committee. You were there for the entire event event you yes, saw was, you, yeah. you you heard the questions you heard the answers a lot of it has been pretty well mm -hmm. documented in in, in in the press and i and and, mm. and i got the sense reading what i've read about it that there's sort of a, a a feeling that of of not really having not really coming away knowing exactly what was going to be what 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 the metrics were <laughs> And how the no. how the hundred was going to achieve those metrics? What what did you walk away from the 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 the, the, the session in you know in 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 government? Yeah, uh, um, understanding. What did you walk away with? The the I think the two main things I walked away with was okay. The ECB are definitely looking at other like like I just said. Um, I mean, going into schools and and they are concentrating in different areas it's it's not all just about the hundred um but what the other thing i came away was thinking shit they really have spent an absolute fortune on the hundred um and they're not going to tell us how much <laughs> because that's one of the questions tom harrison didn't answer was um how much have you spent and and he was asked five times and he didn't answer it yeah, I think he came up um, with a, a, an awful lot as opposed to yeah. saying what an awful lot actually was. It was something yeah. along those lines, yeah. wasn't it? Because the, yeah. the question, as yeah. I understood it from, uh, was it Ian Lucas, if I got the name right? Yep. Yeah, was, yeah. You've had all this extra money, and yet over a considerable period of time as a result of, the, the you know, let's say doing you know, satellite TV money, and yet participation is going has down fallen. still. What yeah. are you going to do differently? I think his words were something like "Don't let it happen again." Absolutely. He, <laughs> did, he's did you very feel that question it, was yeah. answered? Sorry, say that again. Did you feel that that question was answered? On the one hand, you know, if we take it from two thousand and five, we've just had the most incredible summer of cricket to build on with mm. the World Cup and then the Ashes, and yet participation's falling. Money has been rolling in as a result of. Uh, the, the the rights agreement with the with the broadcaster, uh, and mm. yet you know the numbers the 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 uh, participation numbers have fallen. Um, something so the, there's the equation's not quite working, which I think is what Ian Lucas was asking. That was the big challenge, I think, yeah. behind the whole need for the committee. Is is how do you address that? Was that challenge addressed? Did you feel, having been there, that let's say you had to switch sides and you had to go and say here's what the hundred's going to achieve did you feel you learned enough to be to, to 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 at least you felt that you understood what they what they what, what what was going to be achieved or did you walk away feeling sort of somewhat frustrated definitely frustrated i mean i i i don't feel on the hundred they managed to answer any of the questions um as as um, honestly and as um, as detailed as I would have liked. Um, on the other points, I think they answered quite well. Um, but uh, the hundred, any any of the questions about the hundred, uh, I think I think they really felt a little bit um, 
sensitive about and uh, it, it it really came across and then of course um Andy came on and Andy Nash came on and uh, afterwards and talked about the hundred in a very different <laughs> different way in, in in what way well he was very um he was very clear about how much had been spent and how it wasn't good for county cricket how the county fan you know because uh, i think it was graves that said that the county fans had uh, have and members had all been asked um about uh whether they what they wanted and and andy was came on basically saying he's had lots of messages saying nobody was asked uh as far as i know i i haven't i wasn't asked i don't know any somerset members that were so i wasn't quite sure what that was about mm, well one of the things i think I've, I've also kind of observed is it's become very divergent you know <laughs> you're either for or yeah. against oh, the totally yeah. and it and it, over the course of you know as as it has got closer um mm. it, it seems to me you're in, in in one camp or another and do, do you oh, yeah. do you feel that perhaps the oppose the hundred group has been a little misunderstood because it, I, as i as i interpret what you're saying it's not that you're against change you're just concerned about as i think i described it earlier the collateral damage uh, yeah. of that change change itself is is not the issue uh, and and you've never said that it has been no no i mean we certainly not uh james butler and i who are, are sort of um you know we're very much in that camp of okay yeah we see that things need to change a little bit but please don't damage what we have you know what what we have can work it just needs a bit of nurturing and and this is what i'm saying uh, um just just give it a little bit of tender loving care give it give it a bit of thought and and uh, try and you know one of my big things has always been to try and get um forge relationships between counties and and schools get them really involved um with with school kids and then school kids have um role models that are immediate a lot of school kids don't know um any cricketers because they don't see them if if they get to see their county side and see how cool some of them are and how amazing uh, some of the players are, that it, it's major. And and I really I really honestly think this could work. And and it should be happening in all communities. I I wish I wish that um, it could work further afield across everywhere. And do you, do you feel that is it just the ECB or other counties themselves a little bit remiss in? Oh, not yeah. working hard yeah, enough definitely. to to mm. attract a, a broader church, shall we say? Yeah, they definitely. Are. I mean, I know one of the um, key issues with um, minority groups um, is is the fact that a lot of minority groups don't um, drink alcohol, for example, and they feel isolated when they go along to T um, twenties um, with. Um, beer snakes and and lots of people drinking but 
I I mean, I know at Somerset we have two stands that are alcohol free. Mm. I know we don't beer snakes don't happen anymore. Um, But it is still a a loud, um, can be very obnoxious place to be in in a T20 evening. So I understand that. But but I I think there must be maybe ways of um, splitting that audience a little bit more or, you know, giving... Uh, access one way for for the group that don't haven't drunk and <laughs> and access to the other group uh, i i mean i think i i don't know how the hundred will work though because i don't see i i cannot honestly see that clubs will be um sorry grounds will be uh doing the hundred without um alcohol because it's such a huge revenue for them i don't know how they're gonna you know they're, they're saying it's not going to be, but I can't see it. No, well, I, I, I think you're right. I, uh, it, it, one of the things that's often baffled me is when I go and watch Middlesex, my team, and admittedly that's Lords, and so there's been a few mm. games where you've got like twenty six, twenty seven thousand crowds. I mean, the crowds have been up. To me, the diversity of the crowd, it is quite a diverse crowd and and mm. I, I i'm thinking more in terms of age age than than than, than other other no. I mean, mm-hmm. ethnicity or, or or anything but i do notice there's an awful lot of families um with you know children who are making a, 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 a an evening of it yeah and that doesn't mean, you know it, it, uh, there may be drinking around them but it, but uh, the entertainment is sufficient to mm. The amount of food that is available, um, yeah, it, it's a family occasion. It isn't just yep. city lads on the way home just want to get lagered yep. up and shout a bit. Um, I, I really don't think T Twenty is that. I think it, I think it's 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 capable of being more. And yep. I think there again is probably the frustration that is is has has the potential of what is there being effectively merchandised, um, particularly as this year has seen. Sort of 2018, 2019, it's seen substantial growth in those yeah, in, in, in those growth. attendances. Yeah. Mm. Um, one of the things that um, I recall Kevin Hand talked about in an article he wrote was he was thinking in terms of a T10 tournament that could run conveniently within the existing scheduling, putting a lot less yeah. onus on the players, but still provide a shorter format that would be bite size and and easy to, to sort of more easy to put onto to free to air tv did the dcms committee at any point talk about what other options might have been no not really never nope. never really gave that that kind of airplay did it not really no um it was more to do a lot to do with free to air tv um they talked a lot about that but they didn't really talk about another tournament as such um just just talked about um trying to get it on television really um well yeah which of course as we say is that that is the horns of the uh, I, i i i do rather in a way i do rather feel for the ecb in that you know on the one hand you have substantial revenue from a satellite broadcaster and you can't do mm. without that money and yet you have the other other dual objective which is to broaden the to broaden the both the, the, the volume of of support mm. as well as the the, the 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 breadth of the type of the support and those two things are quite hard to do 
If... Yeah, well, they're trying to aim the 100. I mean, that this is the problem. The 100 that has been aimed at so many different <laughs> categories. They're, they're not going to be able to um, focus on one. They're, they're, and and I, I don't know how they make it possible for women and children, for Asians, for current fans, for... Um, drinking lads they they i i think they they're really going to struggle on that can it be everything to everybody yeah well that, that yeah, i mean that's you know true true i suppose of any sport though i mean if i go to yeah a football stadium they will have family stands yeah um, and they have a lot i mean i went to a football match a couple of weeks ago and uh, there was so much obscenity and and so many drunken men and you know and i was just thinking god i it's it's really this is in the daytime as well you know yeah uh... and, and this is the the football football is really really popular and there's so many kids there so i i you know it's it's it is a tricky one i don't i don't know what the answer is um just just try and get them to bloody county matches is what i think because uh, you know you, there's so much you can enjoy at a county when, match. when you're saying county uh, matches though you are talking about county matches in all of its formats you're not i am talk, absolutely not, talking yeah, about county it is, matches it in all of its formats. because at the end of the day i think would you would you accept that really the other formats of the game t20 one day cup they have to be successful to pull in revenue yes to sub to 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 um to enable the the, the four-day version of the game to actually happen effectively they underwrite the development yeah. of the england test team because if if the four-day game existed purely on its own it simply it, it simply could not be financially viable. It needs those other revenue streams. And yet we need it to build our test teams. We need yeah. it for players to play proper cricket under challenging conditions over a longer format. And we're going into a series tonight, remember, mm. where England are kind of doing a bit of a reset, a change of gear. You have the likes of Sibley and who's come through the county championship system. Um, looking to play longer innings to 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 ensure that we build a test team for the future and yet we're potentially taking away a big chunk of the season when they would get to hone their skills that to me yeah. if i if i really summarize my concern that's the biggest concern personally that i i think have. it's a huge concern tony i really really do and and of course there's this um this uh, latest possibility that the second team you know, is isn't gonna is only gonna be playing about three county matches through the season. Mm. Um you mean the second eleven. And second eleven, yeah. yeah. Um and and no fifty over. Of course they'll have the fifty over competition that was running alongside the hundred, so a lot of them a lot of the second teams will be in that. But not all of them and, and some teams hardly have any players in the hundred. So um so what what will those second team players be doing and 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 you know okay it's all fine to have a concentration of talent in the hundred great but but surely surely it's better to have more players playing cricket across the country than just an elite a load of cricketers i i absolutely don't and and half of them aren't from here anyway 
I mean, that's that's fine. I'm not, I've not got a problem with lots of Australians coming over and uh, mostly Australians, isn't it? Because they're they're the ones that aren't, haven't got anything at the time. But um, you know, we 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 aren't having um, a lot of um, our players that are, are growing up won't be playing much cricket at all throughout you know that five six week period. Yeah, that 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 to me does seem to be and and, and I know Ashley Giles has also mm. said not to discount the possibility that yeah. um the uh, count the county season itself might next year run alongside the 100 so at the yeah. moment it's been it's like the red sea it has parted to allow the 100 to go down the middle and there'll be yeah. county cricket it's four day county cricket before the 100, there'll be four-day counter cricket. After the 100, it has been pushed back to the yep. very fringes. I think you used Audrey Hepburn and um, what's her name? <laughs> or Strictly Come Dancing, uh, didn't you? Cla- <laughs> Claudia Winkleman. Claudia Winkleman fringe, yeah, yeah. The very fringes to fringes, I think. And, and that is, <coughs> that does seem to be what has happened. And yet we, wanna, yeah. we want to nurture players who can play spin, who can... Yeah you know bat on you know grind out long innings and they're going to struggle to do that if they're batting in april and september yeah excuse me well Well, we're also we're also going to struggle with spinning wickets if somerset are going to get um docked points right now i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole but we won't go there that's one that's one for a beer not for this particular (laughs) podcast because uh mm, yes Yes. that'll be an interesting chat between us well look Mm. um you have been doing some phenomenal work um You've certainly made the voice of the conscience of county cricket, <coughs> pardon me, clear. Uh, mm. Annie, thank you for that. Uh, we look forward to seeing you tweeting and telling us where we can discover county yeah. matters, and we will make sure yeah. that we are supporting that. Uh, thank you. We uh, have, a, as we're listening to this, the first, uh, by the time you hear it, which can be on uh, Podbean or other your other uh, p- uh, podcast provider, um, the test match will be underway and we will know what's happened and whether England have batted and uh, are 147 for no wicket <laughs> or indeed or indeed if uh, it's it's another 58 all out but for now Annie uh, you're going to be back with us I know for the South Africa tests I believe which is fantastic yes very excited uh, we look forward to seeing more of you in print and uh, mm-hmm. for now thank you very much and uh, go thank back. you Tony take care we will see you very soon And uh, thank you for listening, and um, we certainly will see you on the next edition of Gorilla Share. Take care all, goodbye. From Gloucestershire to Leicestershire, up into the stratosphere.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.